so welcome. Today we're talking about spirituality, spiritual awakenings, what they are. Do you go through more than one? I'm going to talk about my personal experience and what it's been like for me and my spiritual path. I also want to talk about my near-death near experience. Yes, I did die and come back to life. It was pretty wild. And I, But first, I want to start this podcast and just talk about myself because this is my first podcast. So I'm excited to be here. And thanks for joining me. So I, my name's Megan. I am 34 years old. I am a Taurus, Life Path 3. I'm a psychic, a medium, and tarot reader. I grew up in Michigan. And, you know, I'm just, I have a curious mind. I have a curious mind. I like to look at the world in a lot of different ways. I have a very open mind, which is something that I used to struggle with. But now I accept on my journey and I find ways to implement that energy in a very positive way. And I just, I feel like I have a lot of unique perspectives on life. So that's what I want to share with you all. I, uh, if you haven't followed me on my other social media platforms, I'll give you a little more background. I struggled with a lot of physical ailments growing up, a lot of stomach issues, fatigue, you know, you name it, a lot of, a lot of problems, anxiety, grew up in my late twenties and things got really worse. Uh, my body just started failing me. And this is what ultimately led me to my spiritual journey, right? Uh, most of us, if not all of us, get to a point, a breaking point in our life where, whether it's mental or physical or whatever it is, where we decide, hey, there's got to be more to life, right? There has to be more to life than what's going on right now. And to me, that's what led me to my spiritual awakening. And I feel like that's what leads most people to their spiritual awakening, right? It's that curious mind. It's those questions. Why are we here? What is my purpose? Because there's always part of us, even if it's really small, there's always part of us that feels like I'm meant to do something. My purpose, there has to be more to life than what is. Maybe I'm missing something. And then you get on social media or you go to a retreat and you meet people that are spiritual, that have this high vibration, that have this peace within them, right? They just have this energetic peace. And you're like, oh, okay, I'm going to listen to you. I want what you have. <laughs> That's how it was for me. I would find, I remember the first spiritual, I would call him a spiritual leader. I'm not sure exactly what he goes by. Phil Goodlife. I don't know if you watch his YouTube videos or follow him on Instagram, but he was one of the first that I found. And just the way he talked about life, he made so much sense. And he really helped, by watching his content, helped bring to the surface all of the stress in my life that I had that I didn't realize was there. Because we can hold a lot of stress in our lives subconsciously, right? Because as we grow into this world, as we grow into this world, we adapt habits and our habits become what's normal, right? And those that we see around us carry similar habits, similar energy. So we're like, okay, this is what life is. I see what this person has. I have the same thing. And, you know, this is, we all have our struggles and this and that, which I'm not saying isn't true. 
but sometimes we get stuck in patterns because it, we normalize them and we just accept them without questioning them, right? But then sometimes some new energy comes rolling in, <laughs> some new person or something, and they challenge all of those habits. They challenge all of those beliefs, and it's like, wait a minute, what are you talking about? <laughs> That's not what I know. What are, you, what are you trying to say? Or maybe it's a quote that we find, right? Or a motivational speaker that starts to talk about their struggles. And maybe they have similar struggles to us. And we're like, oh, this person, this person gets me. They get it. And you start to open up your mind. That's how I feel like it was for me. That's what ignited my spiritual awakening was, of course, the pain that I was going through because I knew I had to change things, but it was also the people that would show up in my life, whether it was on social media or in person, it just changed everything. And I was like, I want to I wanna wake up like they're waking up. <laughs> I want to do what they're doing, right? When I first got really, really, really sick when I was 27, oh my gosh, my body, I felt like I was dying. Like I couldn't get out of bed in the morning. Oh, it was so hard. I was getting these dizzy spells. My whole body hurt all the time. Uh, my stomach was messed up. I was like nauseous every morning. This was at my worst. I kind of felt like I had a mild cold all the time. Like, you know when you start to feel like you're about to get a cold and your body, you're like about to get it and your body feels run down and your nose gets a little, you know, stuffy. That's how I was feeling all the time, like constantly. And after, you know, of course, going to a lot of doctors, even holistic doctors and Western medicine doctors and specialists and all these things, I started to give up in in a way of of going to doctors like not completely give up but in ways i was giving up and so what i started to do was i started to look i used to i started googling right what do you what else do you do <laughs> right you start googling and i started googling what are people saying that are actually healed that are actually that had similar symptoms to me or that had even worse like maybe i would look at people with cancer and i'm like what are they doing to feel better what are they doing right and I also look for that in my spiritual practice. Like, okay, this person is enjoying their life. They have a very calm energy about them. They have a lot of clarity. They have a lot of reassurance. And, and nine times out of ten, that works, right? Sometimes there's always one person that's sneaky or full of crap, and you realize that down the road. But most of the time, our intuition is stronger than we realize, and we can really learn from the people that have that peaceful energy around them. So as we awaken, right, when we first awaken, we first dive into spirituality or whatever modality it is, it can be really exciting, right? Or if, I know a lot of people start with the law of attraction and you start to learn that you can manifest anything that you want. When I found out about tarot, when I started reading tarot, I was like, when I learn tarot, I can find the answers to everything. <laughs> it's like this key that you're holding, right? So you start to get a lot of answers and you start to clear out all this energy and bring more peace in, but then stuff gets real, stuff gets messy and it gets scary because when you're awakening, you're challenging all those old beliefs and you hold identity, you hold an identity, identity, why can't I say that word right now? You hold identity to <laughs> those old habits, 
right? And when you challenge those, you challenge who you are. So it shakes everything up and it's scary. So sometimes a spiritual awakening is a beautiful thing. But to say that it's all positive and it's all amazing all the time would just be a lie. It's almost like growing up in a certain house and say your body is the house, right? And you decide after living so long that this house, you can't live in this house anymore, whether you're having physical issues, you know, issues with your physical body or you're having a lot of depression or anxiety or you're just not happy in your life. You don't want to live in that house anymore. So you have to build a new one, right? But you have to tear down the old one first, and then you have to start from the ground up and build a new house, and that takes a lot of work. And it's not always a fun process. you got to find the right materials. you got to find the right people. you got to find the money. you got to find the resources. And then you start to create this new life for yourself. But you have to get rid of some of the old things. You have to get rid of some of the old habits. You have to move on from some of the friendships that aren't serving you. Sometimes you have to quit that job that's sucking the life out of you. So all of these things have to change. So my spiritual awakening started with eating better, eating better foods. Okay. At the time, I wouldn't have called myself spiritual. I was mostly just focused on eating plant-based. I tried a numerous amount of diets to help heal my body. I tried the low-carb, the keto diet right? I tried fasting, I did juice, all, the, all these different kinds of fasts. And I decided that the most, peop, most of the people that I found, usually online at this point, I was doing a lot of Google, you know, searching. Most of the people that I, were living their healthiest lives were plant-based that I found, okay? So I decided to completely go plant-based. Then six months later, I found Medical Medium. And he promotes healthy living. He promotes, if you've heard of the celery juice craze, he's the one that started that. I started doing celery juice every day. I did it for about a year, year and a half, and I saw improvements. I definitely saw improvements. I was feeling better. My digestion was taking a long time to heal, but it eventually healed. Not 100%. I would say healed maybe like 70 to 80%. I was finally able to break down food again. I had more energy. Things were better. Things were a lot better. But then it kind of just, it went from kind of going up and up and up and feeling better to just stagnant. I felt like I wasn't getting worse, I wasn't getting better, I was still sick, I still had symptoms. And I thought, oh, I started to get frustrated, right? And then that's when my spiritual journey really started. Because I started to realize how important the emotional healing is on the journey. I didn't want to accept it. I didn't want to accept it because to me, if I would have accepted the fact that I need to emotionally heal, that meant that my emotions were causing me pain and I was causing pain myself, like I was hurting myself. And to me, I couldn't deal with that pressure. Now I see it differently, I don't see it like that. But at that time, with the mindset and the perspective that I had, if I gave in to admitting that the stress or the trauma in my life or that my perspective was making me sick, that was just too traumatizing for me to integrate, okay? But I got to a point where I was like, you know what? I have to try something different. I'm just going to try it. And it was a hard thing to face. It was hard. It wasn't easy. It was hard at first. And then I started to get excited about the spiritual journey because I found a good life and a few other 
teachers that still inspire me and they started to really help and I started to get excited about it and then I realized over time that no I didn't cause this pain I didn't cause myself you know it's no one's fault right I think when at first we're in pain a lot of us can blame others right we can blame like when I was really sick right at first I started blaming doctors I'm like doctors don't know anything they can't fix me it's their fault then I started blaming you know, these genetically modified companies that are using all these pesticides in our foods and they're just, you know, pumping our, you know, meat products with hormones and, you know, vaccines and, or antibiotics, I mean, not vaccines, but <laughs> you know what I mean. I was blaming all of them, like it's their fault. They messed up the food, they messed up my body, right? So you kind of go through this process of blaming people and then you go through this spiritual process where you start to blame yourself. I remember, who is it, Stargirl the Practical, which I really like her. She said that shadow work is finally taking the responsibility for your life. You begin your shadow work, which is your spiritual awakening, when you finally take responsibility. So then you start to blame yourself, right? So you go through this process of almost self-shaming. But then you get to your next point where you're like, okay, nope, not my fault. I'm amazing. I am beautiful and perfect just as I am. It's nobody's fault outside of me. This is just the life that happened for me and that's okay and it's all this pain while it was painful and it sucked and I wouldn't wish it on anybody it also brought me to this beautiful space I'm at now and I can see that I can see the beauty and all that suffering so back to spiritual awakenings we go through multiple in our life yeah it's not just one and done like oh I'm awakened I'm good like <laughs> we go through multiple death and rebirths is what we call them right we die, we come back, we die, we come back. We become the butterfly over and over and over. Yeah, we are the caterpillar. Then we get into this cocoon, which is that uncomfortable stage of growth where it seems like nothing's progressing forward. And we're like, ugh, just trying to wait patiently and trust and surrender, which can be the hardest thing to do. And then we blossom into this butterfly, right? And we have wings and we feel rejuvenated and some amazing opportunity happens or some epiphany or some new connection comes into our life and then you know a couple of months later we're back to being a freaking caterpillar <laughs> and we go through these cycles we go through these cycles and I think having that awareness really helps too because you know I mean I'm I'm the happiest I've ever been now in my life I can honestly say that at 34 this is the happiest I've ever been but the spiritual journey still still does have its challenges. It really does. Because when you start to heighten your awareness of everything that's going on in the world, you start to see things more clearly. And things just make more sense. But then you realize that everyone around you doesn't see it. Or maybe they don't want to listen to you. Or they think you're losing your mind. <laughs> right? And you're like, ah! <laughs> I know the answers. I want to shout it from the rooftops. I want to tell people. I want to tell everybody, and that can be frustrating in itself, right? Learning how to integrate that acceptance of, okay, I have a lot of these new answers, and I'm excited to share them, but I'm just going to share them with people that want to hear, yeah? I mean, that's what I do on my podcast. That's what I do on my YouTube channel. I'm not sharing my information for everyone to listen to. I mean, if everybody wanted to listen to it, that's great, but no, I'm sharing to the people that want to listen to it. Right? I never seek out clients to work with. I never try to push people into buying a reading with me because that's not 
how you help the world. That's not how you raise the pull of the planet. Pushing people into it. You can't. We know that if we push people into anything, they just get pushed away. They push, they just, you know, distance themselves from that energy even further. So I think that's always important to remember in that. Yeah, now I feel like I'm getting in a tangent. <laughs> but anyways, I just wanted to say that this process is really beautiful. It is. It's painful, but it's beautiful. So let's talk about my near-death experience, shall we? So this happened way before, before my spiritual journey. This happened before I started, well, not really before I started eating clean, but before I really dove into, like, really focusing on my nutrition a thousand percent. I went through a phase. I moved to California from Michigan and I started getting into drugs because I was at a point in my life where I was feeling sick and I couldn't take it. I wanted to escape, you know. I, uh, it's hard to say that I was addicted. I would I, I maybe drink and go do drugs maybe once a month, maybe twice. Because that's all my body could handle, honestly. Like, I wasn't in the best shape. My immune system wasn't strong. So I would use that one night to go out and just let loose and forget about everything. I'm not suggesting that, right? But this is, this is all I knew at the time. I got tired of fighting. So I'm about almost 30 at this point. And, yeah, after doing this for about a year, year and a half, I went out one night and I blacked out and I did way too much cocaine and you know I was always priding myself on how I had so much good control and how I didn't never did too much you know cocaine or too much of any drug I was very I mean cocaine was my drug of choice cocaine and like molly <laughs> right ecstasy those I never did anything hardcore that I would consider hardcore like heroin or crack or Anyways, I did too much one night, blacked out. Next day, I woke up, heart was all over the place, felt like I lost my mind. I was like, oh my gosh, I am off. I don't remember what happened. <sighs> we were at this beautiful house in Malibu on the beach, beautiful house overlooking the ocean. I got carried away. So I finally get back home. I was with all my friends. And uh, yeah, I lay in bed and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, what did I do? This is going to take a while to recover. And I'm laying in bed and all of a sudden, um, well, I thought I was asleep. <laughs> I zoom up, zoom up, we'll call it the afterlife, and I'm in this space. I would say everything looked pretty white. And there were these beings around me. And they were light beings, just bright lights of white light. There was maybe five around me, I want to say. And I was just energy. Like, I didn't see my body there. Everything was just energy, okay? And I want to say before I go further into this that I dream a lot. I'm a lucid dreamer. I have crazy dreams. I, you know, I like to interpret my dreams. I get a lot of beautiful messages from them. And I've never had a dream like this ever. Still haven't to this day. Where it was just energy and light. Because it wasn't really a dream. <laughs> I come to find out later on. But at the time, I was like, no, it had to have been a dream, right? So I'm up there in these, I don't know what to call them. We can, we'll just call them angels. I don't know, spirit guides, maybe. These guides were communicating to me telepathically. So there weren't 
really words using, but it was like we were communicating with our thoughts. And they were saying, okay, Megan, you know, we know you're not happy. We know you've been struggling. Do you want to end your life now? You can end it. That's fine. You, you won't have to feel any pain anymore. And you can be done. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, and at the time, I wasn't freaking out. Like, I wasn't confused in the dream. While this was happening, everything felt familiar. Like, I wasn't weirded out by these energies that were around me. It wasn't a scary thing. It almost felt like I had known who these spirit guides were. Or these guys. We'll call them guides. It's like I knew these guides, but I didn't know how I knew them. But everything felt familiar. And being up there felt familiar. And I just was talking back to them. I said, hmm, I don't think I'm ready to go. I said, I don't, I don't think that I am. And they said, okay, are you sure? are you completely sure? Like they asked me one more time. They said, are you sure? I said, yeah, no, I, I'm sure because I have a big purpose and I have a lot to do and I have a lot of people to help. Like I've, I just knew I had a big purpose, but at that time in my life as a human, <laughs> I did not have a purpose. Like I was working a job I didn't like. I, you know, wasn't, posting anything on social media to help people. I wasn't channeling. I wasn't doing anything that was really filling my soul. And I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. So for me to say that in this state of saying, no, I know I have a big purpose, wasn't a normal energy for me at that time. Okay. So it was like my higher self. It was like this other presence of me knew that I came to this planet to really make a difference, to really do something. And so the guides were like, okay, all right. So as soon as they said that, I thought of my mother and I filled my whole heart space with love for her. Like I felt so much love for her. It was so intense in my heart space. And then all of a sudden I was back in my body. And when I was in my body, I took the biggest breath of air in, like literally bringing my body back to life. And I just started bawling. I started crying, crying so hard because I didn't know what the heck just happened. I didn't know if it was real, if I was losing my mind. And I was in so much pain when I came back into my body. My whole body hurt. That whole week I was pretty much in bed. I developed a really, really nasty throat infection. I mean, it was rough. Anxiety was through the roof, okay? For those of you that haven't done cocaine, <laughs> the after effects of that, I mean, there's plenty of bad side effects, but one of the biggest ones is extreme anxiety. So even walking was giving me anxiety. Okay. So that whole week I was just messed up. So I didn't tell anybody because I, I was scared. I was like, I don't want people to think I'm losing my mind. I don't know. I'm keeping this to myself. It wasn't until about two years later I finally opened up to a couple of my friends and told them. And they were like, oh, wow, you know, it sounds like you really died. Like, they believed me. <laughs> like, they were like, yeah. And then I met this other, there was this group I was in on Instagram. And it was a medical medium group for people that lived in L.A. And we had met up a few times and we had a chat on Instagram where we could talk. And the one girl, she was, she had a lot of, a lot of serious health issues and she was pronounced dead in a hospital. I forget for how long. It was minutes though. It was definitely a long period of time. And so was her like husband. 
Like, the same thing happened to both of them. They both died and came back to life, which is crazy, right? And she was kind of sharing her experience of what happened. And she described everything that I described. And I was like, what? Like, you know, light beams around her, communicating telepathically. And then I read about another guy's. I didn't even know what a near-death experience was, right? Until she opened up about hers, and then I started looking it up. And I found out about this other guy that had one similar experience than another person. And they were explaining that, yeah, the way that you come back to your body is you have to fill your heart space with love. You have to fill it with love, and that's how you come back. And I'm like, okay, that's exactly what happened to me. How did I know to do that? Like, how did I know there was a part of me that knew how to come back into my own body? Like, okay, nope, spirit guides, I want to stick around. I have a big purpose. Don't know what that is, but I know I have a big purpose, and I know how to get back in my body. Don't worry. Like, what? That was wild. So then I just keep just indulging and reading about them. And there's so many that you can find. So if you're interested in looking it up, I mean, go on YouTube and search on Google near death experiences. There is a book. Oh, what is the book name? I have the audio version. And I'm afraid if I close out on my phone, I'm not going to find it. You know what, if you want the book information, you just message me, you email me, find me on Instagram, send me a DM, I will tell you the name of the book. It's about a neurosurgeon who gets this crazy infection out of nowhere. And so, yeah, this guy's a doctor, right, has a PhD, and he has just the craziest near-death experience. Because what I realized is everyone has a different near-death experience, but there's always these really unique similarities. And, but yeah, his book was beautiful. And he was very just, I can't remember before, but he didn't believe in any of that kind of stuff, right? <laughs> Until after, he's like, oh, <laughs> this is real. You do go somewhere, and it's freaking amazing. So there's this other show. There's a show I want to talk about on Netflix. And if you made it this far into my podcast, you would really like the show. It's a new show. It's called Surviving Death. The first episode is about near-death experiences. This one lady died. She was underwater. She was kayaking. She was underwater for about 30 minutes. 30 minutes with no oxygen. She came back to life. Her story's incredible. I'm not going to spoil the rest because I want you to go watch the show. The next few episodes, they talk about mediums and psychics, which I love. And then the last episode, I think, was my favorite. It was about reincarnation. It was about some of these children that remembered their past lives in significant details. Uh, but yeah, it's a beautiful show. It's called Surviving Death on Netflix. Go check it out. So what else do I want to talk about? Oh, I'm going to wrap it up with this one thought that might help you on your path. That helped me a lot because I grew up, I would say I grew up in a Christian, a relaxed Christian household. And then when I got to high school, my sister got really involved in this very strict Christian church. And she got me involved and we started going to these Christian camps and we just dived in. And when I went to this camp, right, the, the counselors told me, if you don't become saved, you are going to burn in hell. And my sister believed it. And she was like, yeah, this is true. And I, you know, I worshipped my sister. I loved her. And I looked up to her and I believed everything she said. So I was like, oh, this is real. And that, that was traumatizing for me. It was traumatizing. I lived in a state of fear through the majority, well, not the majority of my life through high school, 
and a little bit into college that if I didn't abide by these rules, you know, I was going to hell. And I also, my parents weren't saved, born again Christians, so they were burning in hell, right? That's a really scary thought <laughs> as a child. And when I got into college, I, I questioned that because I'm like, I don't believe in hell. I don't believe in hell. I don't, it doesn't make sense to me. Did not make any sense. Why would God create us and love us in his image and then send most of us to hell? Because if you look up statistics on religion in the world, most people aren't born-again Christians. So that means most of the people that are dying, according to my perception, right, they're going to burn in hell. And so I was like, that doesn't make any sense. So as I got older, I started to realize that, yes, there is an afterlife. But heaven and hell, that's, that's what we create on earth. Right? We can create hell. And a lot of times throughout our life, we'll have a point of a hell experience. Mine was my health. My physical health, which also led to my mental health decline. It was all very connected. But that was my hell. So now I focus on creating a heaven. You know? Accepting that, yeah, parts of this experience aren't supposed to be amazing. But what can I do to make this life more enjoyable for myself? And that's why we see so much pain in, in certain people's life, because they're going through their hell. And remember that too, you know, when you're helping somebody or you're listening to somebody or meeting somebody, everyone has their struggle. And some people are in hell. And yeah, I just want to leave it at that. I love you guys. <laughs> Side note. Thanks for listening to my first ever podcast. I hope it wasn't too awkward. I, If you want to find out more about me, my Instagram, TikTok, and my YouTube page is all under the mother of tarot. The mother of tarot. So there you can find lots of, I have quite a few YouTube videos. I have almost a hundred up now. I actually do have a video about my near-death experience too, if you want to hear it in another way. And yeah, I do daily readings on Instagram and TikTok, tarot. I love doing tarot readings. And I'm just here to, you know, change the world. No big deal. <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, yeah, I will see you guys next time. Stay tuned for another Let Me Shift Your Mind podcast. And I'll see you next time.